This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Now in our fifth season looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club, I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the flagship show available every week on video and audio for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday. And joining me for his pod debut, Steve Witten, super fan, football manager slash Championship manager, possibly football. I think it was champ man at the time. Yeah, yes, nice. Um, Joe's predecessor, the one, the Yoda to his Luke, um, Craig Finvoy. Craig, welcome to the pods. Good to have you. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks uh, first and foremost for the intro and the and the invite. So yeah, look, looking forward to it. Long long time listener, first time caller. That's what we. That's basically yeah, every time you call into six oh six or something like that, you got to say love the show. Um, long time, yeah, long time listener. First time caller, so we're glad to have you on. You you travelled to Birmingham yesterday, didn't you? You um enjoyed the Indeed. sights and sounds of the German Christmas market, I hope. Or? Yes, yeah, yeah. Travelled up lunchtime, had a wander from the city back to the to the ground, and then back again afterwards. And my life, that was busy. <laughs> yes, six, six o'clock on a Saturday evening for the Christmas market was uh, probably not the best thing. But my goodness, that was busy. But yeah, it was good. Nice. Did, did you drive it or train it? Because every train was packed. Yeah, drove. Yeah, drove yeah. into the city and then walked back out to the ground. And That's back again. The, the better way to do it, I think. So one of the, um, um, our mate Matt um, Macon, who was going to, um, was on a train from Birmingham. I think he got um, from a Virgin train from Euston out to Birmingham and got to Birmingham International, which is 10 minutes outside um, Birmingham New Street, for those of you not from the Midlands like I am. Um, and they, I think there was an announcement over the tunnel that said the train was at 250% of capacity and they <laughs> needed to start. Um, culling people or getting people off the train, so um, getting people off the roof. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so an in- interesting trips up for everyone, I'm sure. Yesterday, but we'll talk through um, Coventry City, 
later on. Let's do some news because, firstly, apologies. We um we and it's not Craig's fault either. Um, we did do a pod um, midweek um, for a combination of reasons. Um, lots of unavailability. Um, and also maybe a little bit of uh, weariness because there's too many games at the moment, Craig. I don't know about you, but I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going or whether it's a league game or a cup game at the moment. Yeah, too many games and similar opponents as well. So you'd, you'd be <laughs> chatting about the same players that you'd be chatting about in a couple of days' time anyway, I presume. So yeah, we'll be talking about the League One version of Coventry City later on um, rather than the FA Cup. But we can talk about FA Cup briefly. Let's go back through the news. We'll go through this... Um, in chronological order, I'll get your thoughts on this, Craig. Um, FA Cup draw, uh, Bristol Rovers or Plymouth away if we manage to get past Coventry on Tuesday. Um, your thoughts about that? Does that um, is the magic of the FA Cup still alive and well with you for that draw? It's it's pretty much the tie we all wanted, I think. <laughs> I can pretty much speak for everyone that's uh, listening and watching that you know if we could have handpicked uh, an opponent and a location, we probably would have picked. Yeah. as far west as you know, humanly possible. Um, I think it's, it's going to be interesting with that in mind is what sort of team we put out for the replay. Yeah. Is it I, going to be, had, we, had we pulled Man City away or Tottenham away out the bag, then we may be more inclined to all guns blazing try and get to the third round. I just I just wonder whether we think, you know what? This is, is backfired a little bit, this, uh, this yeah. cup rotation maybe. Um, so... I guess our friends in the Southwest uh, supporters group will be um, hoping for a Bristol Rovers there. Plymouth, I've not done. Plymouth is on my 92 list or whatever, the 91 this season. Um, so that is the only one that is kind of exciting me. But every bloody year, we, we get a really crap draw. I mean, at least we're in the third round draw, which I guess none of us kind of expected. Um, but when are we going to get a decent draw, Craig? Tell me. Well, well, the thing is, you know, we could end up having Bristol Rovers and then going to see Bristol Rovers again four weeks time yeah. anyway was it around about when well, no, it's four weeks it's in some around st patrick's day isn't it i think bristol rovers away but um you know that tallied on to which i'm sure you'll we'll talk about in a second is the uh the next round of an, another particular trophy which we are again all guns blazing trying to trying to win yes. um, at all costs is you know we could be having a i'm sure there'll be some sort of group rate b and b um, yeah we'll just stay down there yeah 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 we can sort out a mini bus of us and just uh Shack up down the southwest for yeah, John. Months. John Banger, we'll, uh, we need to sort out like a mass premiere in booking or something. Or yeah, we'll we'll be in touch. Um, we'll come back to Coventry the the Tuesday night cup replay um, at the end, Craig, and discuss whether we think we'll forego that one. Um, take. We'll, we'll also come back to um, the leasing dot com trophy as well because we're always on brand here on the Blue Monday podcast. <laughs> um, before that, Fulham um, are, are rumored to be watching Flynn Downs amongst. I assume a lot of championship clubs, frankly, if your scout is not watching Flynn Downs, it's probably not worth his salt as a scout. Um, but QPR also rumoured to be watching Luke Wolfenden. Your thoughts on, I think Lambert's come out and said, um, uh, we'll take, it'll take big money to prize them away. Um, do you believe him? And also, do you think if you were Flynn Downs or Luke Wolfenden, you'd want to leave a potentially promotion winning season partway through and gamble that you might not play? Yeah, exactly that. You know what? From their perspective, what's the rush? You know, mm. From from the club's perspective, from Fulham's perspective, from QPR's perspective, you can one hundred percent understand why they would want to be looking at those guys of that age playing as regularly as they currently are, and at the, the standard and levels that they currently are. It's you know it's a complete no brainer. As you say, there's 
no way in the world they're the only clubs that are looking at these guys um but as i say from the from the player's perspective why why would you move when you know from Lynn Downs perspective he's currently captaining Ooh. captaining the team um he's nailed on starter when fit you'd hope yep. people take a, a rotational policy here or there um and similarly with with Wolfenden is that you know he's fast becoming the first choice center back you would think um and playing well beyond his years um in terms of the you know, calmness strength reading of games etc you know, it's that that uh, season away at Swindon seems to have done him an absolute world of good um but you know why why leave in January you know, if you are going to leave and feelers are being put out there and your head's being turned I'm not saying that it is but if it was going to happen then you'd wait till the end of the year and sorry end of the season and find out who else is is looking at you rather than uh, jumping ship and True. heading, heading mid table QPR or I was going to say do you reckon I think Downs is uh, Fulham are probably quite an attractive proposition um, the way they play and Scott Parker and so on he's probably the kind of the model that Flynn Downs I guess wants to base himself on but Wolfenden going to QPR doesn't really Wolf, if Wolfenden keeps playing the way he is surely he can do better than QPR well you know he only needs to look at the the previous blonde-haired ball-playing centre-half that uh, we let go ridiculously cheap to think well hang on Mike and I appreciate you know Brist- Bristol City are uh, uh, they're above where QPR find themselves but you know, if he plays well, people are looking out for that type of player, and yeah. you know, it's it's not it's not beyond the realms of possibility that he could look at, he could look a little bit higher than QPR. I would suggest he could be scoring goals at the Emirates in three or four years' time, maybe, with, maybe with no uh, with no mouth guard. In I noticed he's he's foregone the mouth guard, the Adam Webster. I wasn't guard. even aware that was a thing. I know the Berra had yeah, one. Yeah, I think they both sort of when they paired was it up. A fashion was it? Must have been. Yeah, must have made him look. Doubly tough. Yeah, I'm going to go and get myself a mouth guard and walk around the mean streets of Warwick. Um, we'll keep an eye on that one. We're, we're also the the trend. It's January windows is is slowly getting closer and closer. So there's rumours abound. Um, a guy called David. I want to say Cornell, which makes me think of Andy Bernard from um, the American Office. If that rings any bells for anyone, um, he's a goalkeeper out of contract in summer in Northampton Town. Um, with Bart not expecting a recall to us. Um, what's your thought on the Bart thing? Would you recall him and sell him, or would you try and sell him to Millwall? What would you? If there's someone willing to buy him, then yes, recall him and sell him. Hmm. Um, there's no point recalling him not to sell him because you know all of a sudden you've got a wage on your books again that will be ridiculously high. You would have thought compare it comparatively to others in in League One for your goalkeeper. Um, if I was thinking about this actually. Earlier on, when we when we saw the news come out about Bart, he went out of his way to say, you know, I'm not expecting to be recalled, etc. Please don't recall me. <laughs> well, quite <laughs> exactly. But you'd you'd think it'd be within Millwall's best interest to get a permanent deal over the line at the next available opportunity. Yep. Um, just to take that risk that he may get taken away and used somewhere else. He's playing every week. He's, by all accounts, doing very well. Um, you, know, the, you see the highlights really. He's getting. Um, nominated for this, that, and the other save that he's making, as we know he can, and as he, as we know he did for two or three seasons on the trot for us. Um, I, w- I just wouldn't be surprised if there would be a deal done in January with Millwall to say, not as much as they probably previously bid for it for him. Sorry, but 
750k, mm-hmm. 800,000 pounds is yours. Yep. Uh, it, it, it gets the worry of him coming back with his wage at the end of the season, should it not happen. And from their perspective, it's you know it then ticks a box in that they've then got a permanent goalkeeper on their books who they haven't got to worry about disappearing to someone else at the end of the end of the season. Um, and Barr gets a bit of you know he's he's as a security, doesn't he? Exactly right. That's the word I was looking for. So yeah, and, and uh, this guy's out. Sorry, go on. No, I was just saying, and and that I would imagine is just full circle in around Norris rumours potentially him getting taken back and this guy being out of contract in the summer as you know it, it's sort of I'm not saying it's going to happen but you can see the reasoning behind why there would be rumours that it may happen is that if Bart does go and if Norris does get taken back there's lots of ifs and buts here then we would need another goalkeeper this guy happens to be playing well and be out of contract in the yes. summer he sort of picks a couple of boxes doesn't he in that respect yeah uh, well, I think we've got a question about January window later on, so I will, I'll ask you about where you think we need to strengthen um, a bit later on. Goalkeeper, to me, not up there, but I don't, don't want to lead the witness. Um, Peterborough won, Ipswich Town won, Ipswich win 6-5 on penalties um, in the leasing.com trophy. I, I was surprised by this, um, having seen the team, though there was a, quite a lot of rotation for Peterborough as well. Um, debuts for... Um, Prisbeck, he has said, is the acceptable English pronunciation. I think in Polish it's it's Shubek, something like that. Um, Alex Henderson, an 18-year-old second-year academy scholar, which threw Joe Fares, our good mate, academy expert Joe Fares, off. Um, and Barry Cotter came back into the first team for the first time, I think, since that Barnsley game yeah. after mixed teacup storming out. Um, no one who played in the Coventry FA Cup game was in that team. Um, and yet, we take the lead. Um, El Mazzuni tapping in after Norwood's shot is saved. Um, Ricky Jade Jones, um, sounds like a 90s pop star if you ask me, um, scores the equaliser. We go to penalties. I think Town had a few chances to win it at the death. Um, I think Hughes and Dobra might have had chances there. Um, but we go to penalties and it's Prisbeck who is making the headlines. Firstly, um, it's a good save from Frankie Kent's penalty, ex-Cole U. Um, and Barry Cotter then is the hero. Um scoring it's a firm struck penalty low but it's under the keeper I'm sure you want to do better Mars Kenlock's penalty technique is also something we should probably talk about but into the next round without really seemingly like we're trying if you ask me yeah. um, and Exeter <laughs> the southern regional draw is our, is our reward which is um, a couple of days after the what would be our third round cup tie if we got through Coventry as well so this is what you were alluding to before about this massive southwestern games it's a really annoying it's, it's, for me it's down the m5 it's not too bad um but your first of your thoughts on anything that you saw from the game um this rotation seemingly working for the leasing.com trophy at least um and what we do next round now that it's it's starting to get a little bit more serious yeah well i think first and foremost what a great result for the kids that did get a chance to play in that match you know to regardless of what the opposition was, they were still playing in a professional match. You know, some of these guys for the first time, even people like Cotter, who we think's been around for a for a while, but it's still only his second professional match of football. To go away, to get a, a draw, and then to come through it in terms of the penalties as well. You know, if, for these guys who are making their debuts, it can just have been a, a fantastic result. And you could tell... I, after the, after the match, the post-match interview with Lambert, he, he was he was he actually did look genuinely happy that they'd managed to do it. You know, he could 
you could tell that he knows that it will do these guys the absolute world of good. And I would imagine you'll see a very, very similar team to that playing in the, in the next round um, as well. But you know, I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, it's, it's doing its job that he seemingly wants it to do. It's getting people fitter from a first team perspective is getting yeah. guys. So Norwood played didn't he and Norwood's yeah. obviously missed out on, Saturday, on the coverage game this weekend so it keeps yeah. him a little bit fresh he scored you a penalty so. I think in the shootout didn't he so yeah you know he, he, he took a penalty gives a bit to the crowd you know textbook stuff um he had he had obviously had the shot which uh which got tapped in for the for the goal um Hughes oh that was there was quite a debate on Twitter after that one wasn't yeah it? yeah but, the, but and what seems to be a bit of a running theme and it's certainly something that we saw yesterday um, at Coventry was he had a absolute guilt-edged opportunity I don't know, last five minutes whatever it was he was 15 16 yards out I appreciate it was on his right foot but he could have just the goal could have been sorry the tie could have been done and dusted there and then I appreciate the first half we were a little bit uh, under the cosh but converting seemingly not even half chances to goals or at least making goalkeepers make saves is something that seems to be a, a bit of a thing at the moment for yeah, us. Yeah, it does. Yeah, more more of that later on. Um, Lambert, not happy about Exeter. Again, our Southwest colleagues will be obviously delighted about that, I suspect. Um, I mean, hopefully this is a like, we'll, we'll be in this tournament this season and, and that's it because we, we go back up. Um, but this has to be looked at really, this East and West thing but yourself yeah. seems really bizarre to me. Um, yeah. I was I was keeping my fingers crossed for Walsall, by the way. They were in the southern draw as well. That would have been quite. Well, that was the thing, me. you know. It, the the teams that are left, it, the teams that were left, and that we could have potentially played. Leicester, Notts County. None of, I think. Were, none of them were close, were they? None yeah. of them were. Well, nowhere's local for us, but none of them were local. Yeah. It's um, Walsall, as you say, Walsall and Stevenage and and, and Leicester's and the twenty ones. I think so. There's yeah. a there's a few games there where yeah, you just think, uh, as in teams in the northern draw where you just maybe draw the, you need to draw like radius outside from every team, don't you? And and then try and figure it out that way. It just seems a bit binary to draw a line well, across. It, yeah, well, if you drew if you drew a radius out from Ipswich, then we probably wouldn't end up playing. Same with Exeter. True, it's yeah. true. Yeah, give us a bye to the next round. Um, so, fingers crossed, yeah, for that one, um, 6th of January, we commencing 6th of January, that game will be played. So, um, and, I, and I agree with you, it'll probably be another rotation situation, won't it? So, um, maybe another random um, youth player will, um, will get their chance. Just to keep Joe on his toes. Exactly right, yeah, yeah. He's uh, get his football manager stats sorted out for the next update. Um, finally, transfer business, actually, before January. Um, Midlands-based, Dutch-born defender... Um, Levi Ando is to sign in January, an 18-month deal. Um, had been in, on trial. Um, tell us all about him, Craig. Well, uh, if, if <laughs> he's if called he's Levi, anything, if, yeah, <laughs> he's called. If he's anything like his father, who was a very good player, let's hope it's in the genes. Who's his father? I didn't know this. What am I don't? Uh, it's a joke about oh, Levi. Oh man. I've, I always do this. You come Sorry. to as host. My brain stops working. I need things. I'm like Ron Burgundy. It needs to be written down. If you write it on the teleprompter, he will say it. Um, as long as there's no uh, question marks or any punctuation. Yeah. In the wrong places. Go something yourself. Um, he's um yeah. So I think he could play anywhere on the back four. But you, did I insult you there? Sorry. Did I say? No, something? no, 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 no. I was going to say that he. Yeah, you're right. He having looked at Worcester City's. Uh, Facebook page when he signed for them 
January time, I think it was of this year. That's exactly what their manager said. You know, he's basically very comfortable on the ball, can play along the back four, can play in midfield. He's built like an outhouse. Let's see how he gets on. But and he's Dutch, so we love it. You know, we were talking about that a few yeah. weeks ago. We had a question about where's yeah. a Dutch cult player. So he was born in Holland, but the Netherlands, sorry, but quite how long he was there for? Because he was raised in Leicester, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. And then just off to Canada for a bit and uh, and came back again. So you know, it's it's a punt. Hopefully, it's a Tyrone Mings type yeah. of punt. We see. The... Well, we need right backs and and Barry Cotter, you know, potentially stake to claim for himself, perhaps against Peterborough as well. Um, so we shall see how he gets on. But good luck to Levi joining in January. Um, let's bring things right up to date. Let's go to uh, Birmingham. Let's go to Bordsley, Smallheath, um, Winash, Taplow. Um, so a couple of bits and pieces of news prior to the match. Um, Danny Rowe misses out due to a knee injury. Chambers is the mysterious centre-back that we were we heard about during the pre-match presser about defenders getting injured um, but it's a 4-2-3-1 and it's not too dissimilar to the cup team from last week um, Norris is back in Garbert left back Wolfram and Wilson the centre backs and Dynastian at right back this Downs Dazal this double D central midfield um, situation there is back on again um, Edwards is the man who comes in for Rowe and it's Nolan a judge again around Keane um, your thoughts on that lineup, Craig? Um, well I don't think there was much else that we would have thought about you know given Norwood was obviously suspended there's obviously an argument about playing two up front but it from memory it was pretty much exactly the same team that played against Kov away the week before other than as you say Rowe um Edwards was it that came in in his stead I think yeah I think Wilson was, might have did Wilson play last week yeah I think he did yeah he did yeah yeah yeah, so I, I think, think it was yeah, much exactly the same team. Yeah, which I quite I was thinking about that walking back from the station on the FA Cup game, which was I hope I see Judge again. I hope I see this Downs Dazelle partnership and that we actually test something out in a. It's a competitive fixture, but it's it's you know it's a it's a comp- cup competition. So if we lose, it's not the end of the world. But if we find a, a system that works for this one up front, which we know that Lambert wants to use, it's yeah. been useful, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And subsequently, you know, seeing that seeing the team that was put out yesterday, we were, it looks pretty much like we were using the FA Cup tie as a dress rehearsal for the league match. Yep. Given it was exactly the same team, give or take the the injury to Rowe. Jackson, uh, Caden Jackson on the on the bench. Um, he's just become a I don't know if it's first one or second one for him, uh, father, which might be a f- reason why he's he's on the bench. Um, but you're, th- you know. One of our brighter players that we, I guess, expected maybe not to feature so much at the start of the season's coming, scored seven goals, doing all right. Um, harsh on him to be on the bench, or is there circumstances outside football that maybe influence that decision? Um, is it is it harsh? Is it or is it just how well Keane has played and how relatively well the formation worked with Keane in it last yeah. Saturday against exactly the same opposition? He seems to be a better fit for it, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Scoose is on the bench. He picked up a knock, I think, at Peterborough, um, but otherwise nothing remarkable about the bench. And uh, let me just talk you through Coventry's three-five-two formation. Again, not too many changes from the cup game for them. Um, Morosi in goal, Rose McFadden and Hyam at the back three. Uh, Darbo McCallum are the wide players with O'Hare, Westbrook, and Kelly, the captain, and. Um, had a good game yesterday, Kelly, actually. Involved in yeah, quite a lot of the action. Um, yeah. And Amadou Bakayoko comes in. And it's Max Biamo again who starts up front. That's the front two. Again, nothing remarkable about the bench to me for me to tell you about. So let's get into the action. Um, 
yeah, it's a bit of a mixed start. Some back and forth. There's a, an early chance for Nolan. He can't get on the end of a, a good cross from Judge. But 22 minutes, Craig. Um, is this the best bit of passenger play that we've had all season? This lovely sort of one, two-touch stuff between it's Wolfenden, Danassi, and Nolan, Dazell, Nolan, Edwards, and then across through, and Judge just misses out. It, it was a lovely from sort of front-to-back move, wasn't it? It was. It was. It was a really, really nice move, and it was what sort of made it stand out was it's done at pace as well. It, mm. it was it was one touch, two touch at the most. And we've been a little bit pensive, should we say, in um, possession for a lot a lot of games this year. And I, I know it's something that the other guys talk about. It's just having courage, you know, just being a bit more brave on the ball. And say that, as you say, that little period of play, there was a there was a period of about I don't know, 20 or so minutes in the first half where we did that two or three times in a, in a very similar area of the pitch. And I'm sure you'll, you'll go on to um, and the next, uh, ch- the Garbutt chance in a bit. But what we, what we did from the very beginning, and you could tell, and it was it's slightly different to how we've played recently, is we were playing out from the back. Mm. From, from minute one, we were playing out from the back. The centre-backs were split. Yeah, we did you know, that they were either side, yeah. either side of the six-yard box. We were... For our sins, sometimes using Danassian as, as an outlet, you know, relying on him being able to control the ball and pass the ball adequately to to a to a teammate, you know, not panicking. Um, Norris was knocking it out. Um, Wolfenden, you know, when he was playing the ball, he was looking for one-twos with Danassian at points, you know, just to eliminate that strike. He was going to see Danassian. He was out offering a offering um, an option for Nassian to lay into again but I say that one particular move you're talking about was was perfect I think it was laid eventually it was sort of laid into um into Keane you know, Nolan sort of flicked it around the corner into Keane he laid it back again got pushed first time out to the wing by Dazelle I think it was out to out to Edwards and Edwards is already sort of running in on that angle so it's not as if he's running straight towards the byline he's running in at an angle towards the goal and obviously we were we were right at the other end of the pitch. So after he'd crossed stroke shot and it bobbled and Judge couldn't quite get there, um, we couldn't really work out if it if it was a, a shot which wasn't poor enough to get to Judge at the back post or whether it was a cross which wasn't good enough for Judge to get to at the back post. Yeah. Having having seen the replay, I think he did actually try and cross it. It just bumped, cross, bounced, didn't it? It was a yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't. And, you know, do you expect more from your winger in those positions to actually be able to pick someone out? It wasn't a difficult opportunity to pick out Judge at the far post there. But what it did show is that, you know, how quickly we were breaking, how well we were breaking, and you've got the left winger getting onto the end of the right winger's ball across the box. Yeah, great shout. And, and, And I wonder to what extent, Dazelle being in in that midfield introduces that more creative spark. Um, I, you know, he was part of that move. I think very briefly. I think it's a, a one touch layoff. But yeah, it, I I really like this. I, I, it brings out a bit more on Downs as well. Downs seems to maraud forward a little bit, and Dazelle sits, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Well, what what you very often find is Dazelle. I know we've got questions about him later on. What he does is he will find that one ball that gets us up the pitch Ooh. quickly you know and it's, i'm not saying it's a it doesn't always work though. Corners. no fair, absolutely yeah. absolutely but he's the one that's looking for that quick ball like the i know we're talking a few dozen games ago now but Gillingham away his was the ball mm-hmm. 
you know, we've been knocking it around, we've been knocking it around, we've been knocking it around. Bang, here's the ball into Jackson that gives us that impetus to get out the pitch quickly. Similarly, I'm pretty sure it's his ball down the line to Edwards to get us up the up the pitch a little bit more quick with a bit of impetus. And I know that our formation was nominally 4-2-3-1, but I, I thought Downs, Dazell and Nolan as a three, I thought they played very first half. Let's just caveat that. <laughs> I thought they played very well. They, they were just interchanging well. They they weren't, you know, Nolan was in front of the back four while Downs went marauding. Dazell was picking up the ball from the back four, but then occasionally he was actually getting forward down the down the right wing occasionally. You know, they, they weren't stuck in positions. They were all interchanging. Um, and as I, you know, Joe tweeted something at half time about, you know, how well I think the, the the middle three had played. And I just wonder why whether we would have played that well if you had a sitter in skews there yeah. whose only only job is to sit Yes. You know, and not and recycle not in, and yeah. interchange. Yeah, exactly right. yeah, I just I just thought our mid my midfield three yesterday, first half, um, was as good as I've seen us play with a midfield three for for a while. Yeah, so they were just so fluid and seemed to sort of understand each other and their little flicks around corners to where they knew each other would be. And it, you know, as you alluded to earlier, the Zell and Downs. You'd like to see a little bit more of those mm. two getting a chance. And in the first half, we've, we've, we've really figured out how to get in behind them because obviously they're playing three at the back, so they can't pull too far wide. So it takes a few passes and you unlock it and you're in. And Edwards and Judge got quite a lot of joy down that side. Um, let's fast forward to 30 minutes because um, Ipswich are about to take the lead. Um, Judge and Dazelle, a little short corner routine, which we've tried a few times now, cross from Judge. And um, yeah, talk us through it. Yeah, well, you know, as we all know, short corners work every time. You're pretty much guaranteed a goal from every short corner. But this one, it, it, it looked straightforward, and it was straightforward. But the, just a little cushion pass from Dazelle back to judgment. He didn't have to do anything other than sweep it in himself. Yeah. Um, and and to be fair to Keane, it was a, it was a lovely header because he wasn't that far out in the end. I think it was only maybe four or, four or five yards out from goal. But it wasn't as if he was running from six or seven yards out to have a bit of impetus and a bit of momentum get the header he was pretty much jumping from he was stationary vertical. wasn't he yeah exactly yeah, right. right. yeah 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 and he got he got some decent height considering he was surrounded by two or three defenders um decent height yeah lovely goal yeah and lovely the, goal. angles it right into the corner doesn't he um five minutes later he's uh, he's um it's another corner routine this time from Garbett. has to be said at the start of the match our set pieces they were, which were poor last week uh, i keep saying birmingham and coventry i need to come up with like a boventry or whatever um st andrews um Last week they were overhit and didn't really find their target, and suddenly um, both Garber and Judge, having hit a, f- a few early sighters, were getting yeah. their iron. And Garber um, is straight into Keane um, and yeah, heads it firmly off to the post, and we would have deserved that goal at that point, I think, Craig. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it, it was a very, it's very similar, just a you know a carbon copy from the other side of the pitch. Really, he was a little bit further out towards the back post, but again, it's not as if he was having a a marauding run to get on the end of it again he was jumping from a, a static position and you know craning his neck to get to it and yeah unfortunate as you say we we were we were well on top at that at that particular point we'd had two or three not if we if we weren't creating the chance that we had two or three opportunities to get into the final third where we were we were doing a lot more than we had been doing recently hmm. uh, and seven minutes later um another lovely build-up it's uh it's judge who loops the cross back to garber who has quite a lot of time here, tries to, he takes it kind of first time and volleys it kind of into the ground and it's wide, but he's he's not well attended, Craig. Is, is, is this a good chance that he should be doing better with? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And that's sort of what I was when I was talking about um, Hughes' chance against Peterborough during the week. It's just another golden opportunity. And I, I know um, Stuart Taylor talked about it after the match, and he's probably over-egging the pudding in that he reckoned we had, I think he said, four, five or six great opportunities in the first half. We may not have had half a dozen great opportunities, but this was another one. And, and again, it came from, you know, Dizelle playing in just in that right-hand channel, and he it knocked a little reverse pass down to Judge, who whipped it in, and Garbutt can't have... He must have been level with the penalty spot, if not a yard or so further back. He's quite out, though, isn't he? He's Yeah, yeah, he is. He's not the centre of goal, yeah. <laughs> He's not centre of goal, but you know, we know what Garbutt's left foot's like. He's got full sight of it. He's got no one closing him down or, you know, putting a pressure on him. We've got, we've, I, I don't know if he just tries to hit it too hard and just miscues it or what, but just he's got to hit the target. Yeah, and uh, well, well, we'll we'll talk about these chances in the context of the whole game at the end. Um, just before half-time, uh, there's a real big chance for Coventry, actually. It's Westbrook takes a quick free kick and O'Hare, um, is, uh, who scored last week, um, is uh, unmarked and heads over when he should really do better. And that probably had been their best chance in the first half, Coventry. They didn't really create a huge amount, a few shots here and there, but um, apart from us maybe gifting them the ball occasionally, which we, we did do last week as well, um, that was the best they'd done. And, and Town went on top, half-time, 1-0. Should be 2 or 3, I think we've we've agreed on that. Um, and is you know is this amongst the best stuff that we've played this season for you, from what yeah, you've seen? Yeah, 100%. No, absolutely 100%. It was just... It... It does, and it hasn't happened very often, and it hasn't happened very often historically when we've tried to play with with one up front. And invariably, it is one up front. It's not four three three. It's four five one. Mm. And he, you know, even under under Mick, uh, when we tried it, the, the the lone striker was always so isolated. And to be fair, you you even hear it hear it now when um, when I've heard. Um, summarizes after matches that we've been to you know you see it with your own eyes but you've got Darren Ambrose saying the same thing you've got Nick Mills saying the same thing that that poor old guy up front is playing a lone furrow with very little support however yesterday for whatever reason and whether it's because we had a different more mobile fluid central three um it just seemed to work a lot better keen keen had one of his better halves for us I thought things were sticking to him you know he was laying things off um, he was obviously won his header for the corners, um, but it, he just seemed to be better fit, be, a better fit for it as well. And you now, when he was dropping deep to to lay the balls off, as you said, Judge and Edwards were getting forwards to be there for that outlet. You know, once the ball had been laid back and then pushed forward again, they were the outlet for it. It was, it just, it just worked that first half. It did, and as much as it worked in the first half. It just didn't happen at all in the second half. Um, I'll skip through a lot of these chances. We'll, we'll focus on the goal briefly because it is a nice goal for Coventry. Um, but it, yeah, we'll, we'll let me. We'll come to the end. We'll go through the action, and I'll get your 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 kind of conspiracy theory on, on what happened tactically in the second half for us to fall away as badly as we did. Fifty-three minutes. Norris has a save to make. Shipley tries his luck from uh, well outside the area. Um, saves it, um, it falls loose, Biamu can't get on there to snaffle the rebounds, hashtag snaffle. Um, 56 minutes though, it is all square, and after Ipswich having dominated the majority of the first half, and having not turned up for the second, unlike last week where Coventry leave it really late, they are getting their equaliser nice and early into the second half to try and take the game to us to win it. It's a lovely ball in from Kelly, who we mentioned at the start, um, and Biamu, Craig, it's, it's a well-taken goal, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. It is. And as you say about Kelly, he he played well. He played well all match, and he even in the first half, I was I was there with my little boy, and we were saying that they were playing a, a kind of a not a diamond didn't really work out, but O'Hare was sitting just behind the front two, yeah. and Kelly was sort of sitting behind him, and those two dovetailed. I thought dovetailed really well yesterday. Kelly was just sort of orchestrating things and popping balls here and there. Um, whereas I see O'Hare's on guy that getting into the box and trying to get on the end of things. Um, but Kelly found himself with a little bit of space, didn't he, in, in the centre of the field, 30 yards out or so. And he played the straight ball against the guy's diagonal run. Um, Wolfenden probably wasn't as close as he'd want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as he was in the area, he just pretty much knew that he, he looked like he had scored plenty of goals like that previously because he knew exactly what to do, where to put it, bottom corner. Yep. Had no chance with that one. And it's, it's, it's not too dissimilar to the goal they scored last week as in that he kind of takes it to the right-hand side of the area and then slots it back across Norris there. But well-taken goal. And Coventry, um, who uh, it's established themselves as kind of the dominant force in the match, it would stay that way for the remainder of the second half. Um, 58 minutes is a big of a, it's a scrap on this. We don't, we love a bit of a scrap, don't we? As long as no, no one gets hurt. Um, Edwards and McCullum and a Coventry sub, I think, are the people who who kick off their um, yellow cards all round. Um, 67 minutes. I mean, I mean, I've not described a huge amount of opportunities, but it did seem to be all entirely Coventry. Ipswich pushed well back. Um, Keane, who had, had people around him, was very isolated in the second half. And so Lambert is potentially panicking here, and it's a double change to, I think, to revert to a 4-4-2, but it's, it's square pegs in round holes. Jackson comes on for Judge and goes up alongside Keane and Scoose comes on for Edwards and suddenly we've got about four central midfielders playing across our our, our, our midfield four effectively and it didn't really do anything to change it did it no it didn't it didn't at all and I and I've been wondering why the second half is so different to the first and everyone's everyone who's seen the match probably everyone who heard the match um it's it has it was the textbook game of two halves um but the second half, it started off really bitty. It was like the first 10 minutes or so, all it was was free kick after free kick after free kick. No one could really get a foothold in the match. Um, but Coventry had to make a sub, didn't they, just before half-time. Yeah. And I think that whether that... Time went off, it, I think, for Shipley, I think. No, it was Yeah, it? That, someone... Yeah. I think they took a, a defender had to go off, and he was at some little challenge somewhere. He got taken off, and I thought they brought a midfielder on. They sort of just changed their shape yeah. slightly, um, which, you know gave them a, more of a foothold in the match. And then I didn't think personally that the changes that were made by us were the right changes to go. We, we suddenly lost all of our width. You know, we, we took off both our wingers, so you're going to lose your width. Um, we brought skews in to sit in front of the back four. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. I wouldn't have called it a 4-4-2 because, you know, you've got four central midfielders on the pitch trying to play that formation. It just looked to my eyes that Skews was predominantly the sitter and then he had three central midfielders in front of him and two attackers in front there. Yeah. And we just it was um, so narrow. Yeah, it was a 4-1-3-1-1 th- um, one, one formation is probably how yeah. I would describe it. And it was yeah. as disjointed as that sounds. You know, there's, there's one chance... Um, 87 minutes where Skoos actually is, gets involved on the right hand side and, and whips the lovely ball into the kind of corridor of uncertainty and Keane can't really get his feet sorted out and in the end just slips over when really I think all he needs to do is get at the end of it but that was our sole contribution in an attacking sense which was a missed cross it wasn't even a shot on target um, Kelly's just before that 70, uh, 69 minutes Kelly plays in O'Hare um, similar situation to the Biamu goal he hits the bar um, 85 McFadzian heads straight at Norris when he's unmarked in the middle of the penalty area um, we have six minutes of added time again which this week made sense because we had fights we had a, a clash of heads a goal some substitutions and so on um, but Coventry to be fair um, as much as they had lots of intent and and threat there's not a huge amount of action in the last minute like there was last week and it's a shot from Allen at the end which drags wide when he really should do better and that's about it um one all so if if you're if you're able to take yourself away from the game of two halves thing a one all draw away a team in the top six who have got an excellent home record is this a bad point and it's just that the fact that we were so dominant in one half and so utterly abject in the second half that is making people like me a little bit depressed yeah I I think so I think so and had and had the halves been the other way round and you'd had the second half performance of the first half and vice versa you'd been cock-a-hoot that we managed to turn it around and put in such a fantastic performance second half you go away away to Coventry you go away to Birmingham to play Coventry (laughs) and and you you know you've got to expect teams in the top five to be half decent at home haven't you and I, I I don't think they've have they lost one, I think? Since I think they've... it's one. Tra- I think they lost to Tramir or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so no, they're no... They do draw a lot of games. Were you about to say they're no mugs, Craig? Were you about to... No mugs. No mugs. And that's and actually, that is true. That's not a cliche, listen. Yeah, it, it is. But in the cold light of day, and I know Amy's asked the question later, would you have taken a point before the match? I don't know if we would have done, because you know, we have got a, a very good away record. Um whether some of that away record has been reliant on home teams not punishing us as much as they probably should have, 
very possibly. Um, but that, fir- that first half was an opportunity for us to give ourselves a couple of goals, cushion at least. And someone did tweet, um, forgive me, I can't remember who it was, but they pretty much said exactly that on the, on the ITC timeline. We've played very well. We've only got one goal. You pretty much know what's going to happen next. Yes, uh, sort of thing. This, yeah, this. I mean, this lack of taking chances thing is a problem at the moment, isn't it? And you know, the rotation I don't think helps us in that respect. Hopefully, we've stumbled across something now. But with Norwood coming back from suspension, you wonder whether we go back to the four-four F in two. But there, there is something to be said at the moment for us being uh, us making lives more difficult for ourselves than we need to. If if we score, if Garber scores his chance, or if Judge gets on the end of the cross from Edwards. It's 3-0 at half-time. It, it's not an unreasonable scoreline. It's certainly not flattering. Um, and yet, um, we do we sit back when we've... Do we sit back too much when we've got the lead now? Because it was similar to Rochdale, I remember, and Fleetwood, where we kind of play really well, get into the game, get our goal. And then you kind of think, right, come on, let's get the second. We tried to do it yesterday in the first half, but do we, do, do we just sit back too much? I don't know if it's an intentional sitting back. Obviously, when you bring skews on... Um, for, I appreciate we brought Jackson on as well, but when you bring skews on, you're sort of intimating that we just want to make things a little bit more solid here. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was at 1-1. One, one, one. So that's kind of proper yeah, damage limitation, I, right, I, isn't it? I just, I just thought that change of formation just completely bamboozled us. I don't know if it's a formation that we've tried in training or anything like that, but from what we were saying first half in terms of Nolan, Dazelle and Downs all playing well and fluid and changing formation, sorry, changing positions with each other. All of a sudden we had poor old Flynn Downs having to pull out to the wing to cover their fullback who now had full reign of, you know, getting down to our fullback. There's no one in front of them to stop them. So Downs was getting pulled out of position to cover the wide midfield position, which therefore meant he wasn't in the centre to yeah. create havoc and get involved and, you know, Get stuck in as as he and as he didn't, does, and and also potentially he was doing. You know, Kelly was not really involved in much in the first half, and maybe that disjointedness or the lack of structure to our midfield gave him the space to be able to pick off these passes that gave him the good, good chances. Should we do some questions before we mm-hmm. basically answer all of them just by having a nice natter? Um, Dylan, um, is the way Dazelle is now playing and started to take control of games showing all the stuff with his dad was affecting his early season form? It's an interesting thought, or is it just minutes? Yeah, we don't we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We know we know we've we've read in the papers about Jason, etc., and his situation. I just think, you know, he's it's minutes, isn't it? He's played. I know I appreciate this. But he hasn't started many league games. Um, I'm not sure he started a league game. Well, we haven't played many league games, but I don't <laughs> think he's started started a league game. Maybe at Crington, maybe the one after that. But the FA Cup, he's you know he played in the home game, didn't he? Um, Lincoln um, scored the goal, obviously. Um, but he's played the last or well, the three FA Cup matches that we played. He's played every single one of them. Now he's playing league games. I just think he needs minutes, and if he can get yeah. minutes, you know, he's he's not the sort of player. And I appreciate, you know. It's it's a luxury, you know. If he wants to be a luxury player, it, it could be an issue. But he's not the sort of player you'd bring on in the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes to change a game. You know, he no. he needs to grow into games and get the feel of games and and be there from the start. Is my 
way of thinking. And also and the players around him as well, because he does try smart things. And I said, you know, it's probably at the moment a 50-50 strike rate, I'd suggest. Some of them yeah. don't come off. He, there was a point where he marauded forward with the ball and then slipped over and Coventry broke in the second half. But similarly, as you say, there are passes that no one else in the team can make. And if he doesn't know where people are going to be making their runs, then how, how can we expect him to be effective? That's right. And the thing is, well, he very often he forces people to make those runs with the passes that he plays. You know, he's he's playing passes, assuming that person is going to make that run. Well, they're going to have to make the run now because he's played that particular pass. I just, I know there are there are questions about it. I just like him to have a run of games. You know, I appreciate you probably can't say to him, you know what, Andre, you're going to start the next four games nailed on, see what you can do for me. It's probably not going to happen like that. But in an ideal world, I would love him to just to get a run of games so we can all see whether he can or whether he can't start affecting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Peckham Blue, uh, isn't the positive side to all of this that considering we're on a poor run of form and not playing well, that we're not losing games and there is increasing competition for places? He's got a point, hasn't he? Yeah, very much so. We're not we're not losing them, but are, are other teams around us winning theirs? You know, are, we're not losing matches, so you know we're getting a point, we're getting a point, we're getting a point. But are other teams around us, below us, getting their wins and therefore closing gaps that previously weren't there. True. Yeah. Well, we we need to get out of December into January before I think the league table is properly, because Wickham had their, their Berry match off over the weekend, so there was no stretching of the lead. Um, but Blackpool are starting to put runs together, aren't they? We'll go through the yeah. roundup in a bit. Yeah, but that's right. But you, you can still you look at the league table and there's still teams who have played 17 games and some played 19 games. Yeah, there still is a discrepancy in terms of the in terms of the league table yep um lee forsdyke we've talked about this would you have taken a draw before kickoff we you say yes to that i'm going to say no to that i i agree i think we need to in any game in league one we should be looking to win them i think um mw um wouldn't it be more helpful and supportive to celebrate the first half rather than focus on the second i think we talked about that as well but he's got a point isn't he and as, as you my mate chris made exactly the same point flip those halves around i think we all come out quite happy after the essay don't we yeah, that's right. But you know, if but if you're within the coaching team, management team, which half are you going to be focusing your thoughts on this week? You'll be focusing your thoughts on why the hell it went so badly. Not badly arrived. Didn't go badly arrived. We only just didn't turn up, did we? But... We just it just stopped working, didn't it? And yeah. just to add this thing, so Crabwalk, um, Rob Crabwalk, um, do you agree that seeing us um, capable of playing 45 minutes of great football was more encouraging than seeing many of our wins? I don't know. I think do we? I, uh... Given the choice, I'd have I'd have had a shit house one 0 win yesterday. Thank you very much, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. taking it from there. But we we yes, the the as 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 he points out, you know the wins that a lot of the wins that we have had this season haven't been dominant displays. You know, you and I, we were at Fleetwood, we were at Rochdale. They were similar sort of. Fleetwood's probably the best one, isn't it? Fleetwood, where we yeah, three of quarters of the match, we were yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, even the big resounding home wins um, have only yeah have not been full ninety minute games. Um, ITFC Wales borrowed R four points behind Wickham now and only one game in hand. Peterborough scoring for fun and Portsmouth rising up the table. Uh, when's the right time to worry? Oh, ITFC Wales, don't worry, be happy. Um, let's hope we don't end up like Sunderland second season in League One and sitting eleventh. There's a big old debate and there's quite a few people chiming in on this on the ITFC Twitter last night. Um, I'm in the kind of I'm always the glass glass half empty. I want us to be doing better, um, but there are people saying, "Look at the league table. Look at the fact we're not losing these games." Um, 
should we be getting worried at all, Craig, about this stuff, or, or or am I being too precious about it? I think we'd we should be getting worried about it if we were losing matches, as as we just spoke about. We are drawing matches. What I think we just need to wait to see where we're at and where everyone else is at once we've played Wickham again. Yeah, we New Year's w- Day because we've got there's a good chunk of matches now, but in the next what are we three weeks, yeah, you know, we're playing some teams around us. Um, yeah, Rovers like, and Bristol Rovers, Portsmouth, Portsmouth yeah, Lin- Wickham, yeah, Wickham, Lincoln, yeah. So there's yeah, and and if you and if you actually look at the fixtures, a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys are playing each other as well. Hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, if the the majority of them are playing at least two of those other teams in and around the, the playoffs as well. So I think by the time we've played Wickham again, and you know, we pretty much know it's a nailed on win. We're on Sky, etc. Um, <laughs> But once we once we play that, I think we'll have a really clear indication of where we're at, where the league's at, whether we need to panic. It's at the moment it seems like more of a, a stutter yeah. than a, a blip or a, exactly a right. And and I think was it last week? I think I maybe said this on the pod. It's this is the time in the season to have a little bit of a waiver and need to kick up the the arse to then regroup and to you know. You don't want to be having this run of not winning games and not being able to score in March, March and April. April. Yeah. So let's do it now. Let's get it out of the way. Um, so ITFC Wales, that's Easter is if around Easter time. If we're um, if we're still drawing or not scoring too many, that's when to worry. Um, uh, Andy G, Andy Grimes. We conceded seventy-seven goals last season, and so far only thirteen. We should be looking at this as massive progress. This team has gone from being a complete basket case to a well-organized unit. We are not the finished article, but should we just be thankful for where we are? Just to add context to Andy's um, question, which I think is fair, um, and he's trying to find positives there, which I'm also applauding. As I'm a glass half empty kind of guy, Greg, we are in a division below. We are, and I think that that goes an awful long way to explaining why our defence is all of a sudden an awful lot. Because other teams are shit at scoring goals, isn't it? Basically. Well, that's what I'm say alluding it like to. That, if you wish, yeah, I'd say they may not be quite as proficient up front as teams in the <laughs> Yeah, get your thesaurus out. Um, Jack Barrow, would Dazelle now na- uh, now nail down a starting spot after being impressive um, every game he's played recently? I think you've said as much that you'd like to see that. I guess we don't know. Here's a question for us. I don't think anyone's asked this. If we go back to 4 4 Fing 2 against Bristol Rovers on Saturday, having played that 4 2 3 1 system with Keane up front, with the midfield configuration, as you've called it, and we go back to Zell's on the bench, it's Scoose and Downs, it's war, it's Wingers again. Is that Does that erode some of the kind of good work that admittedly the results haven't followed, but has been established over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think so. I think... It, I hope Paul Lambert is as tactically fantastic as he thinks he is because <laughs> we seem to be you know we're changing formation we're changing players and i know it's a hoary old subject and it's been done to death but it would be nice to have a formation that we can hang our hat on that we know works that the players know works i'd argue if we if we do go four four two, it has worked you know we there was a half decent um partnership forming with jackson and norwood um jackson was you know I think South End. We were at South End. He set up both of Norwood's goals that match. You know, there was yeah. there was something starting to click there. My issue being with four four two, is that central two in midfield. I don't think you can play Cole Skews in a central 
two in a four four two. I just don't think he's it puts too much emphasis on the other guy who's playing alongside him. Agreed. Similarly, can you play Andre Dezel in a four four two? Again, does it put too much emphasis on the guy alongside him for different reasons, mm-hmm. which inevitably will be Flynn Downs, who just either needs to get a hell of a lot fitter because he's doing two men's worth of uh, running. Or... Well, you, you'd argue he does give us Cole Scoose work as well, um, and you just lead to that as well. Um, Benjamin Aria, um question about Will Keed, who is definitely a Marmite player, I think. that You were quite uh, effusive about him. I thought he was okay yesterday. Um, the guys behind me, a couple of rows behind me at the front of the away end, um, were not happy with Wilkin yesterday. Certainly second half, um, I learned lots of new words um, that I didn't know before. Um, would Wilkin, Ben asks, um, would Wilkin be a good player for us in the Championship? For me, he possesses all the attributes to become a top player for the club. I'd like him to become a good player for us in League One first. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, yeah, let's not go overboard. He, he did well. I thought he played as well. Yeah, let's say he wasn't brilliant. He played as well yesterday in the first half as I thought. I think he's played for us in that in that position, in that link-up, one-up front position. I thought he did it very well first half. Second half, he was anonymous. For whatever reason, I don't know why. He had someone up there with him. That didn't click at all with him and There's Jackson. a bit where Jackson got in down the left-hand side and, and he did a couple of times, floated across he? back over and Keenan got a Scooby-Doo where to be. They, there's no linkage. There's no understanding. No, those, there was there. no they, look, they look like strangers. Um, you, can, you can see... That Keane has, that his upbringing was decent. You know, he's obviously yeah. Man U Academy, et cetera, et cetera. You can see that. But if you're a striker, you need you need to be scoring goals more so than he has done so far in his career. How, how I don't know how old is he? Twenty six ish. Maybe a little probably. bit older. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he just doesn't show got... the instinct, does he? He's a, as you say, he's, a ta- he's clearly got good attributes and a good. Um, he's been schooled well on the basics. But I don't think he's an out. He doesn't strike me as an out and out forward. He's he's an attacker, isn't he? Yeah, he's but his stats bear that out, don't they? You know, yeah. he's scored what a dozen goals in his career. In his career, is that right? Is that a stat? I don't know. It's, it's going to be a roundabout. Let's call it a stat. <sighs> Controversial. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a truthful stat. We're going to call it a stat. <laughs> I'm, but, I'm you know, yeah. Give me some in experts. Terms of, <laughs> in, ter- in terms of his, you know, goals. And I appreciate he's been injured for a lot of the time, but you know he, he doesn't score hatfuls of goals so mm. far. Um, Will Airy, uh, we're on exactly two points per game now, so there's nothing to worry about, right? And then there's an everything. Everybody stay calm, Jeff. Um, I think we've dealt with that one. I think um, let's see what happens over the next few weeks. Um, FPR, just I'm sorry, just say that we yes, we are we are on two points a game, but after we played, um, let's think Fleetwood, we were probably on nigh on two and a half points per game yeah. uh, so you know that yeah that, downward the trajectory curve, the, curve, the curve isn't going up currently we just need to yeah. get it pushed um, FPL Tractus uh, asks us about the blip um, um, when does the blip that every team has turn into a season turning change of form I think we've probably dealt with with that one hopefully it isn't but time will tell over the next couple of weeks um, Arthur Pickthorn is becoming increasingly obvious to me that a fit Teddy Bishop would be doing a real would be doing real damage in League One um, different to our other midfielders, ability to dribble from deep. Could Bish be the missing piece of the jigsaw? A fit Teddy Bishop. Is that a, th- th- a thing? Moron. Is that a thing? Yeah. Um, yes, I'm sure he would be. I'm sure he would be running games and as 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 they state, you know that. And as we were talking about talking about earlier, it's just having that courage in midfield to either 
break the lines with the ball, break the lines without the ball, dribble past a player, have a shot from distance. You know, that's our midfield is sorely lacking. It's just people who have shots. You know, there was a point yesterday, to be fair, Downs, you know, he broke forward, didn't he? He, he broke and all of a sudden it sort of separated up for him and he thought, well, here we go, just get it on target. But he, again, he skewed it wide, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, we just don't seem to have that. How many shots do we have from 20, 25 yards out in open play? Not not too not many. many. Yeah, exactly right. Um, Glory Day's artwork. Why were the negative, negativity from supporters? Leeds, Sheffield United, Sunderland, many others got stuck in the league for years with us on track to bounce back at the first opportunity, the first attempt, sitting pretty in second place. So we're not giving ourselves enough credit. I think, we, again, this is the other side of the, uh, the debate. Are you, you know, is there something to be said for... You know, we talked about this on the pod quite a lot. Last season was shocking. The fact we've been able to turn that around so quickly. But right yeah. to question, I think, what we're seeing a little bit. Yeah, I just wonder whether we're sort of uh, suffering from turning it around too quickly. Mm. Had, again, like we were talking mm. about yesterday, had the, had the halves of the game been turned around, would have been happy days. Similarly, what well, we've almost said half a season, had those two quarters of the season been turned around and we'd had the August to... Um, Fleetwood era now you know we'd be we'd sort of built into the season and got a bit of momentum going I think that's what many people have expected and I think that's part yeah. of it isn't it we probably yeah. expected a slow burn start with some tr- tricky games and then to yeah. build into that season and then we've yeah the other way around is a little bit more frustrating isn't it it started too well damn you Lambert um, Joe Fares would this side be improved by Steve Whitton which side would not be improved by Steve Wynn? Let me let me throw that one back to him. Yeah. Um, he asked us about Andre Dazelle as well. I think we've, we've dealt with that. Uh, Dommy boy, we have drawn three league games in a row. I don't know if that's right. Sitting second in the league. Are we being are we panicking on Julie? I think we've dealt with that one. Um, Jason, um, looking forward to your debut. Um, given the potential repercussions of failure to win promotion, is January's transfer window the most important since we've brought in Marcus Stewart? Any question with Marcus Stewart is going to get answered. Is January big... <laughs> Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's the most important since Marcus Stewart. I'd say it's probably the most important since Freddie Sears and Noel Hunt and yes. Eddie Kenny. Good um, shout. Yeah. 14, 15. Um, Seb, um, friend of the pod, um, what is causing our inability to play well for a full 90 minutes? Fit- so we've talked about this a little bit, but he's proposing fitness issue, um, on for relationships, formation, familiarity. Is Lambert being reactive rather than proactive? Any more business BS terms I can give there? Does he not do enough blue sky thinking? Does he need to do a little bit more synergy? Um, push, just push that envelope, doesn't he? Just yeah, needs to push he needs that to push that. envelope. Fitness, that's, that's an interesting one that I had not thought about. Is fitness a factor? Are we exerting ourselves so much that we can't do anything apart from sit back? Yeah. I th- yesterday, I thought it was a formation thing. I thought we that formation change just foobarred us basically um whether it whether it's a fitness thing i don't know i don't think any of our guys are particularly unfit they didn't don't look like they're running on empty towards the end of matches to my eyes whether you're just asking to say yesterday you're asking too much of flynn downs to do sort of two positions worth of work it just we just lost hold of the game which we had full control of yesterday whether it, if it is a fitness thing, whether it's rustiness rather than the fitness that these guys aren't used to playing ninety minutes matches Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Mm. 
Um, I think that one will rumble on a little bit longer as well. Um, again, we've had the chat in the pod about whether we just need to accept that we're not going to be able to do that and League One is a bit weird. Um, let's end with this one from Mullet, who I saw yesterday along with about 10 other people in the post office vaults. Um, hello to all of you. Um, should Lambert give Keane and Jackson some time together or are we past the point of throwing together every combination until one wins us a game? It didn't look like it had legs, that partnership, did it? No, it didn't. His Mullet's thinly veiled uh, snipes. You've seen right through it. Less and less thinly veiled as time goes by, don't they? Um, Yeah, well, there wasn't anything there yesterday to suggest that they're an an obvious, you know, natural fit that will just click without any real time together or work on the training field and things like that. They They were playing like two individual strikers still playing their own individual game. As you say, there was a point, and it happened a couple of times second half, where Jackson got in at that that corner right in front of us didn't he? and a couple of times he looked up and a couple of times either he chose the wrong option or didn't have anyone there or I don't think he chose right I don't think he chose the, the right option in any of those situations he, either because he had no one there so the option is then to hold the ball up and wait every time he crossed it though he either crossed it straight into the centre back or crossed it over the top of Keane um, I don't think he had a particularly good second half cameo there which makes me even more keen to see um, maybe one up front again on Saturday for a bit of continuity but we'll talk about um, Coventry the cup replaying a little bit about um, Bristol Rovers at the end shall we um, that's the questions thank you everybody for those they were good let me do quickly do the roundup and then we'll finish off with some player stats right which I know Craig is excited about um, Blackpool are the form team at the moment 3-1 winners over Fleetwood yesterday in a northwest derby um, Bolton getting some points on the board. Two-all draw there against Wimbledon. Bristol Rovers came from 2-0 down at home to South End um, to win 4-2. Bloody hell, South End. Um, just end the season now, eh? Um, Burton also on a poor run of form at the moment. 2-0 defeat at home to Lincoln, who hadn't been particularly great beforehand. Um, Doncaster won. MK Dons also struggling one. Uh, Gillingham won. Sunderland nil. That parky bounce has not happened Hasn't at happened, all, though, has it? it? Um, they are going to... Yeah, it's going to take quite a run of form to get them back on track. Um, Oxford nil, Shrewsbury nil. Oxford having previously been on a good run. It's a little bit wavery as well. Portsmouth 2, Peterborough 2. That's a good result there. Um, I guess for Peter... Well, who's that a good result for? I guess that's a good result for us, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yes. You don't want either team to grab three points due regardless of who it is. But I know we've got Portsmouth shortly. They don't tend to not score two goals a game. They score a lot of goals, Portsmouth. I know everyone thinks Peter do score a lot of goals, but Portsmouth aren't far behind them, certainly recently, in terms of the amount of goals they score per game. Mm. Um, Rotherham, also potential top six challenges. uh, Defeat home to Rochdale um, and ending with Tramir 1, Accrington 1. I've got very little to say about that fixture. I'm um, looking at the league table. So a, a weekend off for Wickham. Um, still top with 40 points, obviously. Um, we are four points behind them with a game in hand. Peter, we still maintain that four-point gap to them. We played one game less than Peterborough. And the rest of the top six is Blackpool, Bristol Rovers and Coventry still hanging around there. Um, Oxford just outside as, as are Rotherham and Fleetwood who are really stuttering really. It's a win-lose, win-lose kind of situation for Fleetwood at the moment. Portsmouth are 10th um, but are on a good unbeaten run at the moment. And that's the league table. I'm not going to do the extrapolate. Um, we are on two points per game though. Um, 
Craig, let's let's learn a little bit more about you. How long have you been watching Ipswich Town for? Firstly, unless that's a, an offensive question for you, and who's your favourite player been? We've mentioned him already, but can you tell us about your favourite player for Ipswich Town or your favourite era, maybe? Yeah, I uh, let's think. Well, similar to a lot of lot of youngsters, I uh, took my milk crate onto Churchman's uh, early doors. Um, I th- the first game I remember was 1982. John Walks scored four goals in a 6-1 defeat of West Bromwich Albion, I believe nice. it was. Um, I may have been to a couple of nil-nils before that, but that's the one that sticks out in my head. And I, So I pretty much dovetail nicely with the end of our fantastic era of football. So I joined just as Bobby Ferguson was taking over and... and uh, so you Duncan. saw the wonderful eight, the, the mid to late 80s era where... That's it. Yeah, brilliant yeah, stuff. Yeah. So my, my, my sweet spot was probably, yeah, ni- that 90, 91, 92 era, the pr- first promotion to the... Oh, sorry, yeah, the first promotion to the first Premier League. That was when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. So that yep. was my... Uh, the John Lyle years. Crazy yeah. era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And favourite player during that time? We all, we all during know. During that time. During that time... Uh, well, I, you could go with the obvious ones, but I'd like to go with the, the guy who arguably single-handedly got us promoted that season from, from right wing, um, Steve Witten. Steve Witten. What a player. So I'm going to test your knowledge on Steve Witten in this week's Play Your Stats Right, as if it, you weren't expecting it. But the, 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 these, are, these are related to the, the pubs you used to go to in and around Colchester. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. yeah. How many pints a night? I've been keeping notes. I have got um, his uh, career appearances and goals for each of the teams that he's played for. Um, you can pick either of those, um, and I just want the higher or lower. It's going to be a quite a quick one, to be fair. We could do them both if you want. Well, it's up to you. we'll go appearances, shall we? Go appearances. Um, and let's see how well you know um, the, his career trajectory, or was it just the Ipswich years that you're most interested in? We'll soon find out. Oh, blimey. So, well, where am I going first? It's uh, high, close to home for me. He started at Coventry, yeah, I believe. 78 to 83. Um, I will give you the first one. 74 appearances for the Sky Blues. Next up, where did he move to in 83? I believe he got his boyhood dream club move. West Ham United. Yeah. Higher or lower than 74 appearances for the Hammers? Uh, I can't imagine he played that. No, lower. We'll go lower. lower. Do you want to have a guess? 30. 32. 32. Oh, it's 39 um, oh. for West Ham. Um, and then after West Ham in 86, where did he go to next? There's a there's a loan spell in there which I've kind of merged in together. Um, do you know? Yeah. He, he moved back up your way again. It's a bit of he? a yo-yo, yeah. Back up to Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Three odd yeah. years at Birmingham. Um, higher or lower than 39 appearances? It would have been higher. Okay. He was, he was a decent player for Birmingham. I believe he was a decent player for Coventry, I think. But no, he, he played a fair few games for Birmingham. Uh, do you want to give me a guess? 110. Close, 103. And where to next after Birmingham City? Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday, 89 to 91. There's a loan spell in there as well. Um, but let's deal with the Sheffield Wednesday stats first. The 103 appearances for Birmingham, higher or lower? For Sheffield How many? How much lower do we go? A couple of dozen. Uh, 32. Okay. Um, okay. And then, yeah, Halmstad's BK. Yes, he, is... he went on loan to Sweden. Yeah, I think he actually played there the summer before he came to us, I believe. He went okay. and played 
across the pre-season for them. I didn't have the yeah, I didn't have the years, but um, obviously it's lower. Um, but he scored seven goals in thirteen appearances. These are league stats, by the way. If anyone wants to um, chime in on these, um, which was quite prolific. And then obviously, as you say, next up it's um, Ipswich ninety-one to ninety-four. I've got um, higher or lower than thirty-two. Uh, and I'm expecting, and I want the goals this time as well. These are league appearances and league goals. Come on. January 11th, 1991. <laughs> uh, Two o'clock in the afternoon. It was I can't, like. I can't remember the, uh, was the, his debut might have been on the 13th. It was against West Brom. We won one nil. He played up front and he got man of the match in match magazine. Not my words, the words of match <laughs> magazine. And he got 10 out of 10. And I've oh. never, ever seen anyone get a 10 out of 10 rating in match magazine. And that was it for me. He was he was here, there, and everywhere. Then I don't know if people remember it. People fondly remember Fanidi's debut and bits and pieces like that. But anyone who was there that day, that afternoon, would remember that. Oh, tweet um, us about this. We'll give you a Twitter address at the end if people want to reminisce about <laughs> Steve Wynn. Um, appearances, <laughs> goals. Let's um, let's see if these are in your scrapbook. Right. Let's think. So he, how many how many years do we say? Three, wasn't it? Three and a, yeah. three and a month or two. Eighty-two. Not quite. Eight, it's in the 80s. It's 88. How many goals? And what's your favourite Steve Whitten goal as well while we're at it? That Cambridge That's... Cup one is a decent one, no? Yes, yes. The the, the left foot, the left footed. And he'd never celebrated his goals either. Is that something that... Why would you? If you yeah. do that every day, well... No, no, the order... no, this is normal. Order, is it? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he, he also didn't celebrate anybody else's goals either, did he? You know, he'd, he'd sling a cross in for Gavin Johnson in the replay what at Liverpool yeah. and uh, you know, just stroll, stroll back to the halfway line while you know there's 3,000 3, <laughs> Ipswich fans you know chucking themselves willy-nilly around uh, the opposite willy-nilly couple. god I love an all on today yeah so how many how many do you think 88 appearances how many league goals 15 goals boom and finally ended up doing the uh, A12 retirement route um, to call you for four years where he ended up being manager was he player manager and then manager or Yes, I think he was. Yeah, he. Uh, crikey, let's think. What era was that? I call you. It's probably like Mick Wadsworth type era. He was a proper old school manager. I think he took him. Then he got the sack, so Witten took over. And then did Roy. I don't know the chronological chronological order of Colu managers, but there was around Roy McDonough as well because they were, shall we say, very good friends. Okay. On and off, on and off the pitch. On and off the pitch. Um, higher or lower than 88 appearances to finish us off. He played a fair few for Colio, go higher. Yeah. Three figures. Do you want to go guess? 110. 116. Good stuff. That was interesting stuff, that. Um, and um, clearly something for our younger listeners, listeners to increase their knowledge and understanding of heroes from yesteryear, which is... If, if there's been a more niche higher lower game than that I, <laughs> I must have i must have missed it i love to you know i i'm just a service to the community craig um brilliant stuff from you thank you for joining us for that let's just finish off with a little bit of a look ahead to the week ahead um hopefully there'll be a midweek show um i'm keeping my fingers crossed i just need to coerce someone to actually turn up um so we'll sort that out on saturday uh, it's bright it's bristol rovers isn't well which is a, it's a big game but coventry cup yeah. replay we talked a little bit about that start um, more rotation, do you think? More changes of formation, and we sacrifice our third round spot because we don't want to do the travelling. Yeah, possible. Who knows? Who knows what formation it's going to be? Who knows what format and um, personnel it's be? Yeah, you know, we. Yeah, I can't imagine. I'd imagine it'll be a, a split between the 
leasing.com trophy team and the current fringe player team you know you'd I'd, Norwood yeah I don't know really I was thinking about that whether you give Norwood half an hour in it just yeah, to sort of get, get ready for Saturday the weekend yeah that's right I'd imagine we'll see Hughes again Hughes is a bit of a strange one for me he you know is he is he any fit enough yet for the first team proper is he you know I can't imagine just strolling through these leasing.com trophy games is doing him the no service he needs um you know, i think a lot of people are hanging their hat on him to be one of the differences you know we're talking about midfielders that break lines and get shots in and get into boxes don't know if his injuries taking its toll in that respect let's hope not. um we don't know what coventry are going to do either i was speaking to a cough fan yesterday there was a he was thinking that they might rotate as well so this might be the kind of no you have it no you have it situation in the cut replay but the big game is bristol rovers and to be fair it would be good if we put a marker down and beat a top six team a and one at home because our home record is not as good as our away record is it so it's kind of a pivotal moment maybe for our season on saturday yeah i, or am I, I think big, or am i bigging it up too much no i don't know i don't know if you are i think that they are not top of the form table but they're certainly you know that end of the form table whereas we're three wins around, in a row i think yeah around the middle middle of it um as you say home form i think that there was a there was a question or there was something someone tweeted on the ITFC timeline about, you know, we're okay, we draw your way in games, is it is it that bad a thing? Well it's not as long as you're winning your home games, but we're not currently winning many home games mm. for one reason or another. So yes, you're right, absolutely. We need we do need to put a marker down and you know, whether we can expect a result and a performance in the same ninety minutes, possibly, possibly not, but you know, who wouldn't take a Horrible, scrappy one nil right yeah. now. Just, just to get the, the wheels back on. Not saying falling off, but just to get a bit of momentum going into Christmas. Because I say there are, they come thick and fast over Christmas, and they're all, pretty much, games against teams that we wouldn't mind taking points off. Of. Yeah, an early Christmas present, a crappy one nil, home win next weekend. Craig, a brilliant debut. Thank you so much for joining us, and hopefully the start of many more appearances on the pod as well. Where can we find you on Twitter? If you um, want people to find you on Twitter. Yeah, loitering around the ITFC uh, timeline. I'm at FIMS75. Brilliant stuff. You can find the Blue Monday channel at Blue Monday ITFC. You can find me at Ipswich. And you can find all of our stuff on YouTube if you go looking for Benjamin Bloom. And as an added bonus, you get all his brilliant content um, on championship stuff. I think he was at Sheffield United Norwich today to review two of the top teams from the championship. And that was a good outcome today. The Norwich got a nice morale boosting uh, lead and then threw it away in the second half which is what we want to see um, so hopefully um, a difficult Christmas for Norwich to come um, do you want to have the last word Craig or have I put you on the spot uh, any profound statements yeah, to well, go out with all this talk of stutters and blips if you want the rainbow you've got to put up with the rain The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.